Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at a preaching series called Unwrapping Your Gifts. And we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We found that when we commit our lives to following Jesus, we've now got the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, haven't we? His presence is now with us. And Ephesians 4, 7 and 8 says that we've now been given gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, irrevocable gifts, manifestations of the Holy Spirit's power. And that's what this series is all about. We're looking at what that's all about. We saw in 1 Corinthians 12, we have the manifest gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's quite a number of those. Ephesians 4, we saw the ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. And last week in Romans 12, the motivational gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's good for us to examine these things. And we looked at why we've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What's, What's the purpose? And we saw there that God wants us to be a conduit to our world. The gifts are to flow into our world. I guess the power, the love and the grace of God. We found that it kind of works best when we come from a foundation of honour in our lives. And also, I guess, from a foundation of love. We look at, I guess, 1 Corinthians 13, that famous chapter. What it's talking about there is that if we don't minister the gifts of the Holy Spirit in love, (laughs) it's just empty. It's really not going to achieve the purpose that God's called us to do. And also we should minister the gifts with that desire to serve. We're here to serve God, to be his body. I guess, again, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about where as the church ministers the gifts, they become a body that functions and is healthy and strong. So that's what the gifts are. We've been looking at those gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, We're going to look a bit more at that this morning. And this foundational thought that we've had throughout this series that the greatest secret in the church today is that you and I, the believer, have been in power. We've been given this manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, supernatural abilities to impact our world. It's a great thought, isn't it? We think about supernatural abilities now, and I guess you know, everyone thinks of X-Men or the Avengers or stuff like that. But this is the real thing. This isn't just some funky TV show. This is the real thing. This stuff is going to change our world. This is God in us, guys. This is the real deal. And very important for us to look into that and to understand that. But the enemy's plan, I guess, is to distract us, to blind us, and to get us away from this truth. That's the last thing he wants, is us working within the gifts of the Holy Spirit, getting connected with God and impacting our world, right? So, a couple of, again, key scriptures, foundational scriptures that we've had a look at for this series. I wanted to share them again quickly with you this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul speaking to the church. And he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Do not be ignorant of the gifts. It's wise for us to look into this. It's important for us to look into this and bring understanding to this. Another verse from 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Peter again speaking to believers. We've got it there on the screen. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards 
of the manifold grace of God. Minister your gift. It's about being a good steward of what we've been given. We'll look a little bit more at that today as well. So they're the key thoughts surrounding this series about unwrapping our gifts. And today I want to look at some of the reasons why maybe we don't always minister those gifts in the way we should. What are some of the things that hinder the free flow of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What are some of maybe the blockages in that conduit, blockages in that pipeline that we need, need to be cleared out? So we're going to check out some of that this morning. Are you ready to go? Yep. Great. Let's just pray before we go. Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence here this morning. We're so thankful that you're here. We sense your presence. We thank you for your word. Thank you. It's a living word. As we check it out this morning, we pray you might just enlighten it to our hearts and our minds. Help us to understand what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So today we're going to look at a couple of passages in the books of Timothy. They're going to encourage us in activating our gifts. Now the books of uh, First and Second Timothy were written by Paul, one of the great apostles of the New Testament. We've probably all heard of Paul. He's written plenty of the books in the New Testament there. Paul, as he went around, once he came to know Jesus, he travelled widely in the known world at the time, all throughout the Roman world. And wherever he went, he uh, tried to connect with people who already knew a little bit about, about God. But uh, each place he went, he would declare the good news about Jesus and he would often plant churches as he went. He had a lot of helpers who went around with him. Timothy was one of those guys. Timothy was one of those guys that he actually met on, on his travels. He was from what we know as modern-day Turkey today. And uh, Timothy accompanied Paul on several of his journeys. We also know from uh, some of Paul's letters that Timothy was also with Paul during his first imprisonment in Rome. And uh, Paul referred to Timothy as his son in the faith. So obviously he was a younger man, but he was very close to Paul. He was, uh, I guess, one of his students, um, one of his close associates. And I guess um, from that relationship, we see Paul writing to Timothy. Um, there's, uh, probably the, 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 let's have a look at the first verse. In, in 1 Timothy 4.14, 4, um, we see Paul writing to Timothy. If you want to open your Bibles up to it this morning, that'd be great. We can read along together. So 1 Timothy 4.14, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, encouraging him. And he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So do not neglect the gift. What does it mean to neglect something? I guess it's to be careless of it, isn't it? To make light of it, to not place a lot of value on it. So Paul's encouraging Timothy, hey, do not neglect what God has given to you. This is significant. It was prophesied to you that something has been given to you to use. And God didn't give us these gifts of the Holy Spirit just for our pleasure, though, did he? He didn't give them to us because we were good girls and boys or because we deserved them. But there's a world around us that needs his love and needs his mercy, and needs his healing, and needs his wisdom. And the gifts have been given to us and designed 
to shine his light into that world, haven't they? It's important for us to grasp this. I don't know if you've ever been given one of those gifts that you kind of go, yeah, thanks. Um, I'll just put that over here. Um, don't really know what to do with it. Not kind of all that useful. God doesn't give us gifts like that. He doesn't give us knickknacks. He doesn't give us stuff to put on the mantelpiece. He doesn't give us stuff that I think, oh, I'll just pass it on to somebody else. He gives us useful gifts. He gives us to them, gives us to, them to, to use. The other great thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is they're not going to wear out, folks. They're never going to wear out on you. If, like, if you're scared that if you use them, they're going to wear out. It's not like that. They're quite durable. And the other thing is you're not going to need them in heaven. They're here to be used in the here and now, right now. They're not heavenly things, they're earthly things. When we're in heaven, we're not going to need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to know as we're known. You know, we're going to have God right here with us. This is just a shadow of the things to come. They're here to be used. So Paul's encouraging Timothy, don't neglect that gift. I guess it also reminds me of a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25. He was talking to his disciples and he's trying to describe to them what the kingdom of heaven's all about. Much of Jesus' teaching when he started to declare was about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. It's like this, trying to explain to people what he was establishing when he first came to earth. One of the parables he told was a parable of the talents. You probably read it, you probably know it. But uh, Jesus tells a story of a man who's going to go on a journey. Before he goes on that journey, he calls together his servants. And uh, each according to their ability, he says he gives them portions of his wealth to be used while he's away on that journey. And uh, to one servant, he gives five talents, or five measures of wealth. To another, he gives two, and to another, one. And he goes away on his journey. And these servants, great, fantastic, I've got this, uh, this wealth of the master. And the guy with the five, he goes out with that five. He trades, he uses it, and he gains five more. And the guy with the two, he does the same thing. He goes out, he uses that wealth the master's given him, and he gains two more. And the guy with the one talent, he digs a hole, and he puts his master's wealth in the hole. The master returns, and when he, when he returns, he comes to settle accounts with his servants. He gathers them in. How'd you go? And the five-talent guy, master, you gave me five talents. Look, here's five more. Jesus, or that the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with little. I'll put you in charge of much. The two, the two talent guy, the same thing. Master, you gave me two talents. Look, here's two more. Well done, good and faithful servant. And the one talent guy comes in and says, boss, here's your stuff back. And the master's not very happy with that, is he? He doesn't get a good rap. He's very, very disappointed with that. He says, give that guy's talent to the one of the five. So it's another, I guess, can you see the parallel there? Um, what Jesus is talking about there. He's left us with gifts. He's, lift, he's left us with measures of his kingdom power and wealth. And in this parallel, he showed us quite clearly, he wants us to use them. So in light of that, I guess we see Paul encouraging Timothy there. Do not neglect the gift don't make light of this gift that God has given you. We'd do well to do the same, wouldn't we? This is important to God.
moving on from that, five years later, we see Paul writing to Timothy again in the book of 2 Timothy. Another encouragement to him. Let's have a look in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Just one page over. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Paul again speaking to Timothy. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Stir up the gift that's been given to you. I think that's another encouragement that applies directly to us today, doesn't it? This is something we, we can translate straight across. Other translations don't just say stir up, they say to rekindle or to fan into flame the gift of God that he's given you. I don't know if you've ever been camping and you have that great campfire at night. In the morning you get up and you've just got that pile of white or grey ashes. But if you get down there, there's just that hint of heat. And if you dig through the ash, you can find those coals you can put some sticks or some paper on them. You might even have to blow on it, or you might even have to fan it into flame. And then you've got that fire back, something that's useful to you, something that you can use. So that's Paul calling Timothy to stir up, to fan into flame the gift that's within him. But you see, when God gives us those gifts, they don't come fully developed, do they? You don't all of a sudden become an awesome prophet or the most fantastic motivator of other people, or you know, run around praying for healing for people here, there and everywhere. When God gives us gifts, they come in seed form, don't they? They're not fully developed. They're just this little seed that we've got to grow. I guess this morning that's what I want to have a look at, is sometimes there's those obstacles that we need to overcome to allow those gifts of the Holy Spirit within our life to grow. Sometimes there's things that are hindering our growth that we need to, uh, to have a look at. I want to take a look at some of those this morning. That's not going to be by any means an exhaustive list of all the, all the uh, A, B through to Z. Um, but I think it's some things that are going to be helpful to us. I want to examine five things today that can block the flow of the Holy Spirit and his gifts in our lives. So let's take a look at it. Number one... An obvious one, I guess, sin. Sin can be a blockage to the flow of the Holy Spirit and his gifts in our lives. And I guess it, it's fairly evident by nature of his name, the Holy Spirit is holy, isn't he? So when there's intentional or persistent sin in our lives that hasn't been dealt with, he's not going to be number one, is he? The Holy Spirit is holy. When there's sin in our lives, it's not the environment, a good environment to grow healthy things. And as we get closer to God, we spend more time with the Holy Spirit. We spend more time with him day to day, connecting with him. Sometimes those things become clearer to us. And the Holy Spirit's fantastic at just putting his finger on those things sometimes and teaching us how to deal with them, how to confess them, and how to unblock those parts of our lives. So sin can be a barrier to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As he prompts us, let's deal with those things swiftly. Amen? The second thing this morning, and this is a big one, I think. I know it is for me. Our tongue. 
Our tongue can often be a great hindrance to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our tongue and what we say, it's rooted in our intellect, isn't it? And just like James says in James 3 verse 4, he says that our tongue, like the rudder of a great ship, steers the direction that we go. Has your tongue ever got you in trouble? Yeah, I know it has for me. Now, speech comes from our mind and our thought life, doesn't it? That's why it's important for us to bring our mind under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's also, I think, where speaking in tongues is helpful for us. When we speak in tongues, our spirit speaks in purity from what the Holy Spirit's given us. And that helps, in turn, train our voice sometimes. It doesn't always train our mind, but it's training our voice. We're speaking pure things. It's a, it's a, a good practice for us. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to inspire that primary means of expression. We've got our voice. He wants us to be speaking his things. That means our thought life needs to be inspired by the Holy Spirit also, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I can start the day great. I can start spending time with God. I can head out the door, spend time in my car, letting the Holy Spirit's thoughts and God's bubble up in my life into my heart, into my mind. I can be going good at work. But then if I start speaking something negative, if I get involved in a conversation that's not heading in the right direction, bang, I can feel the Holy Spirit go quiet and I can feel him withdraw. He's holy, right? We need to learn to tame our tongue. Romans 8, 6 says, To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Anyone out there looking for peace of mind this morning? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace is found in Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit dwelling within us, right? So our tongue can be another barrier to the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that kind of leads on to the third one I want to talk about this morning, our intellect. Now, don't get me wrong here, our intellect is something God has given us and he wants us to use it for his glory. But I think sometimes we get into a position where our intellect becomes a hindrance to the Holy Spirit because we've got things in the wrong order. And I know this was a problem for me. So God created us with like a physical body. And within our physical body, we've got a soul, right? A soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then we've got that eternal part of us, our spirit, that's been designed to connect with our creator, designed to rule our lives, our mind, our soul, our body, should be in submission to our spirit connected with God's Holy Spirit. That was God's initial design. That's the way he first designed us. But at the fall of man in the garden, sin comes into it. Our will starts to come on top of God's spirit and God's will for us. And instead of our spirit ruling over our mind and body, we've now got our will. We've allowed our soul to run the show, haven't we? We've decided we know better. So now we've started to live our lives out of what we think and how we feel. And that's the wrong order. Our spirits become suppressed. 
And just like Adam and Eve, we've been deceived into that second best, haven't we? Thinking that we can run the show better than our designer. We think that we can head to our happily ever after. We're heading in the wrong direction. We've got it in the wrong order. Ephesians 4.23 calls us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. To be renewed by the Holy Spirit. Filled with better things than what the world serves us up through our earphones or through a screen in front of us each day. When we have our minds renewed by the Holy Spirit, that creates the right environment for these seeds of the gifts in our lives to grow healthy and strong. So sometimes our intellect can be a barrier to the Holy Spirit. And the fourth one this morning. Sometimes emotional hurt can be a hindrance to the Holy Spirit's gifts in our lives. It might be that we've been hurt in the past and we've vowed that we're never going to let that happen to us again. We're never going to let anyone do that to us again or have that happen to us again. And we feel like if we let someone else in, that we'll go to pieces. We've got to be in control. That also blocks the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? We want to be in control. Again, it's our mind, it's our will. We're deciding who calls the shots. But can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is gentle and he is kind and he is love. He's powerful, but he's not forceful. He knows how best to untie the knots in our lives. I know he has for me. We try and do it ourselves and we tend to spin the wheels. We're trying to get everything organised ourselves, but we let the Holy Spirit in, and he can just put his finger on one thing, and the knots begin to undo. Everything starts to flow smoothly in our lives. He knows what order to do things in. If we let him in, he can truly set us free. So that's number four. Number five this morning, finally, ignorance or neglect can also be a hindrance to the Holy Spirit in our lives. I guess just like uh, what Paul said to Timothy there, do not neglect the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. So not paying attention to your gifts mean they don't grow, right? You stick it in a hole, nothing happens. It remains as a seed, remains dormant, it remains little used. Sometimes we're scared to step out and exercise their gifts. Sometimes we feel we're going to get it wrong. We're going to get laughed at. We're going to look foolish. But of this I'd ask you this morning, what if? What if? What if you offer to pray for that person when the Holy Spirit gives you a nudge and God heals them? What if? You offer that word of encouragement to someone when God pushes you to do it and it changes their world. What if? Or what if you step out in faith and it looks like nothing happens? Have you lost anything? You've exercised that gift. 
Get out and exercise it. Fantastic. I think we should be bold and step out in faith. That's what Peter's talking about there in 1 Peter 4.10. Minister our gifts as good stewards. Let's exercise them. Let's see them grow. And that same picture, back to 1 Corinthians 12.1. As we exercise and minister those gifts, the church, the body functions as it should. Things start to come into place. I believe that a church using its gifts directed by the Holy Spirit is going to change the world around it. Yep. So I'd love to welcome the worship team back up this morning as we finish. So this morning we've talked about those five things that can be hindrances or blockages to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'd love to ask you this morning, are any of those things holding you back I'd love to think about that this morning. Is there anything in your life that's maybe a blockage to the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life or blockage to the, your relationship with, your, with the Holy Spirit? It's important for us to examine this, to have a look at this. Ephesians 5.18 tells us to be filled with the Spirit. We do that by spending time with him. The key here is relationship, isn't it? As we spend time with someone, we get to know them. We get to know what they're like. We get familiar with them. We start to communicate with them. We hear their heart on things. That's what we need to be doing with the Holy Spirit, right? We need to get to know him better. We need to give him the time of day, give him our first, give him our best. As we do that, he can put his finger on those things in our lives that need to be changed. As we're open to him, he can do fantastic, fantastic things with us. I think, uh, I guess I also remember those words of Jesus. He says that um, once we come to him, he gives us streams of living water that flow out of us. That's another great picture of the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives to impact our world around us. I'd love you to bow your heads with me this morning. As we talk this morning about what hinders the flow of the Holy Spirit? Is there any one thing that stands out for you today? Is fear holding you back? Maybe there's an emotional wound that's stopping you allowing the Holy Spirit full access to your life. Maybe your tongue or your thought life is blocking the flow of the Holy Spirit. Does your mind need more of the Holy Spirit's renewing power? Or is there a stubborn or persistent sin that needs to be confessed or cleaned out? I'd love you to spend a moment just praying on this now, just uh, yourself with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just honour your presence. We say, love your presence in our lives. We would say today, we want more of you. More of your presence. More of your giftings, Lord. Teach us how to use our gifts. Teach us how to minister our gifts. Teach us how to stir them up, Lord God. You make room for them, Lord God, in our lives. 
We want to see them grow healthy and strong. We want to see your body, the church, grow healthy and strong and to function as it should. Thank you, Father, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Teach us not to neglect them. And just if we have our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, you might say, well, I don't even know this God you've been talking about this morning, this Holy Spirit. I'm going to say to you, Submitting to him and having him Lord of your life is the most significant decision you can make. And I'd love to make room for that this morning. If that's you this morning, if you'd say, yeah, I want you to be my Lord. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Jesus, I want you as my saviour. If that was you this morning, I'd love you just to raise your hand so I can see it this morning. Faithful God. We just thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do and all that you're doing in our lives right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.